Welcome to the Frankly Judaic Podcast, a production of the Jean and Samuel Frankel Center for Judaic Studies at the University of Michigan. I'm Jeffrey Weidlinger, the director of the center. This podcast explores some of the newest research being conducted at the University of Michigan in Judaic Studies. And here's your host, Jeremy Shear. In today's world of seemingly unceasing religiously inspired conflict, Israeli Jews pitted against Palestinian Muslims, extremist Islamic groups warring against other Muslims and against non-Muslims, avowedly Christian politicians advocating banning Muslim immigrants from the United States, it's natural to focus on the differences separating Jews, Christians, and Muslims. But as scholar Guy Strumse reminds us, these religions and many others are linked by roots that run deep. Religions are like all societies and all intellectual and uh, social traditions are connected. Societies do not live in a completely autarkic uh, world. Certainly traditions which both in terms of structures and in terms of history or genetics have much to do with one another. Judaism, Christianity, and Islam are, have what Wittgenstein would have called family resemblances. Uh, early Christianity claims to be the new Israel, and early Islam the Quran, in the Quran, you have clear statements that the religion of Islam described in the Quran is not the religion of Muhammad, it is the religion of Abraham. And the Ummah of Islam is coming back to the true religious tradition of Abraham that has been abandoned by both Jews and Christians. Strumse is Professor Emeritus of Comparative Religion at the Hebrew University of Jerusalem, Emeritus Professor of the Study of Abrahamic Religions at the University of Oxford, and a fellow at the Frankel Institute for Advanced Judaic Studies at the University of Michigan. He says that Judaism, Christianity, and Islam are best studied in comparison to tease out their linked origins and how these religions continued to influence each other over time. The birth and early development of Christianity is one pertinent example. Abrahamic religions, as soon as you have two different communities that argue that they are the true inheritors of Abraham. And if you look at the New Testament and the first Christian text of early Christian literature from the second century, you already have an argument. The early Christians say, we are the true inheritors of the faith of Abraham. Paul says that, and Justin Martyr in the mid-second century says, the Christians are the true inheritors of Abraham. The Jews have abandoned the faith of Abraham. The Jews, on the contrary, argue, no, 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 we are the true sons of Abraham. The Christians are impostors. But despite this opposition, in the world of late antiquity, within the domains of the Roman and Persian empires of the eastern Mediterranean and the Near East regions, 
Jews, Christians, and many other religious groups often lived in close proximity, exchanging stories and ideas. Texts circulate, people circulate, stories circulate, they, are, they circulate orally and in script. They are all the time transformed, written, written down, commented upon, and these communities are in a web, if you want, like in what we as children played with, perhaps not today anymore, but what we called kaleidoscopes. You turn and the pearls reorganize themselves each time in different ways, the same pearls. And this is how the, the same stories around basically the stories of Abraham and its progeny. Uh, so fundamentally stories about history. For example, although you may think that the idea of monotheism originated with the ancient Israelites, in reality it developed over time among various groups. Well, the idea of one God uh, probably evolved. I mean, the, the early Israelites did not believe that there was only one God. They believed that their God, that they had only one God and that they, they should offer cult only to their God. So that was monolatry rather than monotheism. Monotheism uh, is something that appears really only with the prophets of Israel, but certainly within Israel, the same idea appears, by the way, in ancient Iran. The, the Avestan hymns of Zarathustra, uh, which we usually call dualists, are also, in a sense, monotheism. Dualism and monotheism are two sides of the same coin. If you have only one God, then you have only one enemy of God. You have only one Satan. The idea of Satan means mm. that there is only one God, basically. If you have a multitude of gods, you don't have one Satan. You know, so, uh, uh, so monotheism, in a sense, is an Israelite-slash-Iranian idea, uh, but did not appear at once and full-fledged immediately, but, but evolved with time, probably. But by the time of the first century, of the first Christian century, it is certainly in existence, uh, mainly among Jews. This idea of a single, all-powerful God that ruled the universe helped Christianity eventually gain dominance in the Roman world, catapulting Christianity to preferred status and relegating Judaism to a tolerated faith. Christianity, in a sense, was Judaism made easy. Uh, and, and suddenly it picks up, it becomes much more convincing than the gods of old that were not convincing. And at, in the early 4th century, the emperor, Constantine, uh, realizes that the last attempts of the emperors at persecution have not been successful and doesn't work and gives up on persecution. And 
basically accepts Christianity as a fact of life in the empire, and eventually uh, the emperors accept uh, very soon, but before the end of the 4th century, the emperors convert and uh, accept Christianity as the religion of the empire, thinking that the empire needs one religion, and thinking that one god may be a better solution for one empire, that the one god will keep the one empire together. Whether it's true or not is something else. Whether they were right or not is another question. But, but basically accepting, so, uh, accepting that. And, and then, very soon, the, all other religions, certainly paganism, the pagan gods, but also Judaism, become second-rate religions, uh, religions which become tolerated, and uh, Judaism in particular uh, becomes devaluated. Unlike Christianity, Islam did not emerge directly from within Judaism. But there is evidence from archaeology that the Prophet Muhammad and early adherents of Islam had contact with and were influenced by both Jews and Christians around the 7th century of the Common Era. We have now, from southern Arabia and from central Arabia, central west Arabia, so from the areas from which Muhammad came, we have inscriptions from the 4th to the 6th century, which clearly show how many Christians and we have crosses, for instance, lots of crosses on the rock, and lots of inscriptions which we cannot prove are Jewish, but where the word, the name Israel, Israel, and Jewish Christian sounding names appear time and again from the late 4th century on, so it seems very clearly that the milieu in which early Islam grew, was born, was established, uh, was to a great extent a milieu in which Jewish Christian groups of various kinds were Similar to how Christianity defined itself as an offshoot of and ultimately opposed to Judaism, early Islam defined itself as related to but ultimately overriding both Judaism and Christianity. When the Muslims come in the 7th century, actually what they do is to apply to the Christians also what the Christians had done to the Jews. So the Muslims, the Quran says about the Christians and the Jews what the Christians had said about the Jews. And the Quran says both the Christians and the Jews have corrupted the true words and the true faith and the true religion of Abraham. We, the Ummah of Islam, are returning to the true faith of Abraham. 
Studying Judaism, Christianity, Islam, and other religions in comparison, Strumsa says, helps provide perspective on how most attitudes and behaviors, even extreme ones, are not endemic to any one faith. For example, today, radical Islamic groups may be more actively violent than other religions. But all religions have gone through violent periods and have given rise to violent ideologies over time. Christians, certainly in America, can be very violent and can murder in the name of Jesus Christ. As uh, we know, they, they have done that in the past and they do that today in family planning clinics and so on. So murdering in the name of God is not something that is uh, limited to Islam. It happens also uh, uh, among Jews in the occupied areas of Palestine. It happens in India. Hindus can be very violent. And even Buddhist monks, monks can be very violent and, and murderers. So uh, no religion has uh, the prerogative of violence. Uh, I think we can, the study of religion can help us understand better what mechanisms are being used to promote religious violence. And if we understand the mechanism better, hopefully we will be able to fight uh, religious violence better. Thanks for listening to the Frankly Judaic podcast, a production of the Jean and Samuel Frankel Center for Judaic Studies at the University of Michigan.